Hello and welcome to this Sheffield United podcast. Uh, my name is Ben, I am perhaps unsurprisingly a Sheffield United fan, uh, recording on Tuesday the 7th of November, so a few days removed from our 4-1 win over Hull this weekend. Um, in this podcast, uh, I'm going to be talking about Sheffield United of course, uh, so I'm going to take a, a sort of look back at this weekend's game uh, and then hit you with uh, three takeaways from, from that game, basically what I learned from uh, both from I guess being at the match and then kind of uh, digesting some of the stuff around it afterwards um, and yeah what what I kind of learned from the game I think as we start to uh, to move through November okay so let's get started um, I promised myself I wouldn't say let's kick off let's get started by looking back at the victory over Hull that I just mentioned so the Blades made five changes for this one. Um, I guess that you know kind of felt like a lot at the time, but kind of looking back actually was uh, I guess a reflection of um, some of the changes we made in the game against QPR, which which did feel like a weakened team. I think um, so. Blackman, Lundstrom, Baldock, Donaldson, and Brooks all dropped out of the starting eleven. Uh, Moore came back in goal. Wright obviously in central defence, and then Sharp, Duffy, and Fleck returned. So what that meant was that uh, Basham moved out to right wing back. Uh, in place of Baldock, who's unfortunately injured. Uh, Wright went into the back three to replace him, but I think otherwise everyone else is pretty much a straight swap and back towards what I'm sure most would consider to be our strongest team, particularly with Fleck Duffy reuniting with Coots in central midfield. Um, so on to the game then. I mean, uh, Hull went ahead in the first half with a, a long-range strike from Grzycki, which I've now watched about 20 times. I'm no clear on whether it actually takes a deflection or whether Moore simply misjudges it as it kind of, you know, it was a long way out and it kind of went straight into the middle of the net. Certainly from where I was watching on the cop, it felt like it probably should have saved it. Um, that said, I felt at the time it, it must have taken a deflection off someone and, and the way the ball sort of loops up in the air suggests it probably did flick off Carter Vickers' boot on the way in. Um, either way, I guess you've got to give uh, you know credit to a really good hit from Grzycki, but um, yeah, did feel like Moore probably should have saved that one. Um, I actually thought at this point in the game that Hull looked like one of the better teams I've seen us play this season, uh, certainly at home. Uh, they looked very organised at the back and in midfield, which you know kind of belies their recent performances where they conceded six in their last two games, losing both, uh, and eventually proved to be very wide of the mark, to be honest. Um, and they also looked like they had something about them coming forward as well. I mean, I thought Irvin, the number four, was a real like a real pest in central midfield, although maybe I just kept noticing him because of his questionable haircut, I guess. Um, they were a real threat down our right, although um, I thought Basham was really struggling out there, uh, you know, kind of filling into that right wing back role, which is, you know, he's been fantastic for the last probably 18 months or so, but that is very much not his natural position. Uh, he lost the ball a couple of times and got beaten a couple more times as well. Um, yeah, I think at this point it was a it was a pretty even game, I think it's fair to say. Um, you know, even with some of the early chances that we had, uh, I'm still not sure how Clark doesn't bury that header from close range from uh, from a Duffy cross down the left. Although, yeah, you've got to give the keeper a, a bit of credit there as well, I guess. Um, sound the cop, I was already hearing mutterings along the lines of, you know, we've been found out, people have figured out how to play against us. You know, that kind of thing that you, <laughs> I guess you generally expect to hear from United fans at this point. I suppose I shouldn't be surprised that that was the reaction. Um Especially after coming off that defeat against QPR, which, you know, was very disappointing with the kind of goal that we conceded. And, you know, by all, I wasn't there at QPR, but by all accounts, you know, including Wilder himself, you know, we were not up to our usual standards. And, 
you know, kind of kind of let ourselves down a little bit, I think. And, you know, while we missed a couple of chances in that game, I think the consensus is that, you know, a defeat was not an unfair result. Perhaps a draw would have been more fair, but, you know, you kind of hold your hands up to that. So, yeah, as, as half-time is kind of coming to an end, um, I did say to my wife, who was with me at this game, uh, this kind of felt like a defeat in the making, I think. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know why exactly, and I've tried to think about, in retrospect, why I felt that way, but... You know, maybe it's just the natural football fan pessimism coming through or, you know, maybe I actually have seen this game before where, you know, the opposition gets a goal ahead and then in the second half just sort of shuts us down and, you know, kind of slows the game down, wastes a bit of time as pretty much every team does in that kind of position. You know, and we sort of struggle to create much and the game sort of peters out into a into a 1-0 defeat. So, um, yeah, that prediction uh, did not age very well. Um I guess the thing I completely overlooked in that sort of lazy doom and gloom emotion is that we uh, we ended the first half completely on top. I mean, we had a ton of corners, we had shots flying in from all angles. Uh, I thought the keeper had punched the ball into his own net at one point, although it went just wide. O'Connell had one that uh, was tipped over the bar. Duffy fired wide, which from the other end I thought was probably going to fly in the top corner, but I think that's just a, a reflection of how good Duffy has been recently. Um and yeah, it was one of those where you you don't really want the halftime whistle to come, but as it happens, those five or ten minutes um, at the end of the first half were basically the warm-up act for the entire second half, which was about as dominant uh, 45 minutes of football as you can probably get. Um, I'm sure you've seen the goals by now, but Clark bagged all four. Incidentally, the first time I've ever seen a United player score a hat-trick in person, weirdly. Um, and the first two in particular from Clark were just fantastic finishes. Uh, we pulled off our sort of patented overlapping centre-halves manoeuvre, which I think we probably need a nickname for by now, uh, with Carter Vickers pinging a low cross to the near post that Clark turned in beautifully. Um, as the most amateur of amateur footballers, that that's me, not Leon Clark, um, I can only imagine how difficult it was for him to actually flick the ball high up into the top corner like that when the cross is sort of fired in low and he's, you know, he's making that run to the near post. It was... You know, it was a real quality finish from somebody who's, you know, in good form for us at the moment. Uh, next goal, goal was also, um, you know, I think it's fair to say uh, a very well-worked finish. Uh, and well, well-worked well -work move, really. Uh, so Clark sort of brought the ball down from uh, a long pass. He laid it inside to Duffy and got the return pass for lifting it over the goalkeeper. Uh, kind of similar to his finish against Sheffield Wednesday. Um I actually thought Duffy had overhit this pass and that the keeper was going to smother it because the kind of, uh, I guess him and Clark were sort of converging on the ball at the same time. Uh, but somehow Clark lifts it over him and uh, into the net and United go ahead and basically from there we just continue to dominate. Um, I think one thing I love about the way Wilder has us playing, um, I, I guess since that uh, Oxford win last season, it feels like we rarely sit back on a lead and we do keep attacking. Um, you know, I don't know whether this is just a sort of lazy assumption based on how well we're doing but it it really does feel like that you know when we get a when we get a free kick even if we're winning you rarely see us slow the game down in that sort of situation somebody just just taps the ball and we're off again the ball's moving I mean arguably we did sit back a bit in the previous two home games uh, against Ipswich and Reading and while it's a stretch to say you know that that almost cost us as let's be honest neither team had really had a sniff at the end apart from just hitting long balls into our box for us to head away it did maybe make those games a bit more stressful than they needed to be, uh, at least for those of us who were sat in the stands. But here we kept pressing um, against Hull, uh, and we sealed the game. Sharp put a cross on a plate for Clark to get his hat-trick, 
And then a few minutes later, Clark brought down a long clearance, which um, you know, was a hell of a touch, by the way. Uh, tried to play in Brooks, but then scored himself after the defender blocked the pass. Um, Hull looked shot to pieces at this point. I don't want to overlook a couple of fantastic tackles by both Wright and Stevens when Hull tried to counter, but it's no exaggeration to say if we'd won this game 6 or 7-1, I don't think it would have flattered us. We missed some unbelievable chances. I was practically tearing my hair out um, while it was still 1-0 to Hull. You know, off the top of my head, there was a sharp shot from close range that hit a defender, somehow went wide rather than in. From the resulting corner, Connell managed to miss a target with a free header from about six yards. It was one of those where I'd, I basically started celebrating before it even headed the ball and then was stunned that it had not gone into the net. Um, Clark passed one into the keeper's arms from a you know an excellent short corner routine. And then there was another miss flashed over from a pullback down the left, which I think might have been Stevens bombing forward. Still... You know, for all those missed chances, I suppose you can't really argue with a 4-1 win, can you? All right, so I'm going to move on now to some takeaways. So, things I learned this week while watching the game. Um, the first of which is uh, teams haven't figured us out, or if they have, it doesn't make it easier to stop. So I kind of mentioned earlier how there were mutterings among the fans about how we'd finally been found out. And, you know, maybe we have. Um, I can't believe any team that we've played this season hasn't gone into a match with us fully prepared for how we play. Uh, Sure, you know, some may have underestimated us, but I really find it hard to believe that they went into the game thinking, lads, this lot were in League One last season, just go and win. Uh, Winning the league with 100 points tends to make people sit up and take notice. So I think teams do know how we play. Um... We've also had two very high-profile wins on Sky, where we've handed a bit of a lesson out to uh, our blue and white neighbours, and then to Leeds as well. Uh, and certainly in the last game, uh, Sky were talking up our tactics and the way we use OCH. Uh, that's overlapping centre-halves, in case that wasn't obvious. Um, so this isn't some new tactic that's winning us games, because you know nobody's prepared for it. They've never seen it before. They have no idea how to stop it. But I think the crucial thing is, we're just really hard to stop. Um, the whole point of that tactic is it overloads the wing. That is to say, uh, we create a situation where we have an extra man. Um, the opposition fullback covers our wing back, say Basham in the case of our first goal at the weekend, which then means that the centre half, so that's Cameron Carter-Vickers, gets outside unattended. So, say the defence. This is perhaps like how I think this could be stopped, but say the defence shunts over one man, so their fullback is now covering Carter Vickers uh, as he makes that overlapping run. Um, now we have more space inside for Clark and Sharp or Brooks or you know Duffy, whoever's in that space to to exploit. Um, or better yet, an opposition midfielder moves over to mark Basham or CCV. Uh, now you've got Duffy, Coots and Fleck with more space to work in in the centre of midfield. Needless to say, that is an outcome that makes me very happy indeed. Good things happen when those three have lots of space in the middle. Basically, this tactic is a, a nightmare to match up against, which of course is exactly what it's designed to be. You're creating a man advantage, you're creating a man over each time. Um, we already have three central midfielders um, who are excellent at both moving the ball and moving without the ball and finding that space. So we create a numbers problem in the centre already. Um, but pushing those two men wide at the same time just causes even more problems. Are there risks? I mean, sure, on the break, I think. But again, we play with three central defenders. So if one has gone forward, you've still got two back. And whilst I haven't really seen this uh, in action, I imagine that the other fullback kind of 
sorry, the other wing back sort of holds a little bit in case the counter does come. Plus, I also feel like Fleck or Coots drop a little bit deeper just in case. Um, and that's partly why they've both been suspended already for uh, accumulation of yellow cards as well. Now, I don't want to paint this as some kind of all-conquering, foolproof, we're going to win the league with 100 points again tactic. Uh, but it certainly gives us an edge, and it's part of the reason why we are where we are. I mean, it should also go without saying that the the reason we're able to play this way uh, is because so many of our team are excellent on the ball. You know, Carter Vickers is still learning. This is, you know, kind of his first exposure to actual first-team football on loan from Spurs. Uh, but O'Connell is a decent footballer. Um, that's probably a bit of an understatement, to be fair. Um, but yeah, we're at our best uh, when Basham is in that sort of right centre-half spot with Baldock or Freeman outside of him. With respect to many of the defenders, of, uh, or many of our defenders, I should say, of recent vintage, um, I'm not sure many of them would be able to slot into this system, uh, which is partly why it is so successful today. Um one of my other main takeaways from uh, from this weekend's game, and I guess the build-up to it as well, is this team keeps learning and improving. Um, we've actually had to adapt quite a lot this season already, I think, uh, as we have had a lot of injuries and suspensions in these first few months. I mean, um, off the top of my head, uh, Clark missed a couple of games, a red card that he picked up against Barnsley. Uh, Sharp was injured for a, a period. He missed a few games, including the win at Hillsborough. Uh, Fleck and Coops have both been suspended already. Uh, both our right wing backs have been out and are currently both out um, for an indefinite period of time, although hopefully Baldock is only a minor injury and he may be back for the next game. Uh, oh, and our first choice goalkeeper made his first start of the season this weekend as well, in case anybody missed that. So you can definitely bury the myth about you know what's going to happen to this United team when injuries and suspensions hit. We've already been hit and we're still second in the league. Um but anyway, that's kind of an aside, but it seems like we're we're constantly improving and trying to add sort of new, I guess, wrinkles to our game, to borrow an American sporting term. Um, I saw an interview with Wilder this week that was in The Guardian, which cited something we've been working on. Um, it's a quote from the article itself rather than, than Wilder himself, but it says that he's, quote, studied Manchester City with his forwards, looking to emulate their near post runs from low crosses. How did our first goal come about against Hull? Oh, yeah. A near post run onto a low cross. Um, and then my other takeaway from this week, uh, no draws. We don't do draws at Sheffield United anymore, it seems. I'm sure you know this by now, but we haven't actually drawn a game since the 25th of March uh, when a Jay O'Shea goal brought us level on the beach at Oldham. Uh, that was such a bad pitch. Um, that was 23 games ago, which is exactly half a season, which is, is pretty nuts. Um, is this representative of our attacking attitude? I'm not sure. Arguably, our attacking attitude means that we should have actually drawn two more games than we have already this season. Uh, we had the disallowed equaliser at Borough. Let's not get into that just now. Uh, and then we had a late chance at Forest that hit the inside of the post. If if either of those two go our way, then we have two draws. Um, but what I think it does reflect is how good we are when we get ahead with our ability to control the ball, to hit teams on the break, and generally stop any chances being created against us. The defence really does lock teams down when, well, pretty much throughout the game, but certainly when we're ahead, you know, teams kind of they come at us but don't tend to create too many great chances. Um, and this has certainly helped our league position, unsurprisingly. Um, you have to go down to eighth before you find a team that's lost more games than us, which is Ipswich, who currently sit nine points behind us. We've actually lost as many games as Wednesday, which seems kind of hard to believe given the sort of respective mood around the two clubs. Um, however, I think this is the key point. 
no team in the league has won as many games as we have up to this point. Both us and Wolves have 11 wins, which is why we these two teams sit in the top two. Uh, I will very happily take a loss and three wins every four games, uh, as we're basically averaging at the moment. Uh, it does go against that feeling of a nice 10-match unbeaten run, but if five of your 10 matches were draws, then, you know, that's not so valuable. Um, and then one final stat to throw out on this. Uh, it comes from the website Experimental361, which uh, explores some... I guess advanced metrics on football uh, and is a very interesting read. Um, United have actually spent less time drawing than any other team in the top four divisions. Uh, again, that suggests that once we get ahead, which we've done in most of our games, uh, we stay ahead. Um, or in the cases where teams peg us back, so I'm thinking of Wednesday and Sunderland and Leeds, uh, we go straight for the jugular again, uh, rather than shutting up shop and trying to hold on to a point as you know maybe some of our... Well, some of our previous managers and maybe a lot of other managers around the league might try and do to just sort of go, okay, we've got a point, we're we're away, let's just hang on to this for now. We actually, you know, keep going, keep trying to score, keep trying to win games and get three points instead of one. All right, so those are my three takeaways for um for this week. Um, I'm gonna wrap this one up here. Uh, one thing that I, you know just kind of want to finish on um one thing i really lost for a few years uh a few years there i guess uh was a proper sort of childlike buzz and excitement about united games this feeling of okay when's the next game uh which i'm delighted to say has returned in the last 18 months or so uh except we've got an international break now i can do without international football at this point uh it's really boring and i would much rather be watching united than england playing in a friendly or a qualifier if you're Irish or Northern Irish, then good luck to you. You actually have something to be excited about and interested in this weekend. Uh, and of course, good luck to David Brooks if he makes his Wales debut this weekend, as uh, I expect that he probably will do. Um, United's next match is Friday 17th of November when we visit Burton Albion, uh, who of course managed by our former manager, Nigel Clough. Uh, I'm hoping to be at this one and of, co of course hoping for another three points and a temporary bounce back to the top of the league as we play before anybody else does. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you liked it, or even if you thought I was talking nonsense or sounded like an idiot, um, I'd really appreciate it if you shared it with your friends so they can think I sound like an idiot as well, but that's fine. I'm happy with that at this stage. I'm still learning. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at BNMKN. So that's my name shortened to just the consonants because somebody beat me to my full name on Twitter. Um, but yeah, shares of the podcast are very much appreciated. Uh, thank you very much again for listening. I will see you around.